Hello and welcome to Vista Talks, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. I'm your host for today, Simon Hodgkins. Delighted to be joined today by Michael J. Asquith. Uh, Michael is working as a global solutions executive at VistaTech, and he's also the host of uh, X Culture, which I'm sure he can tell us all about in a little moment. I know he's also a mentor for the mentee program at Women in Localization. Michael lives in Chicago. I know he loves riding his brand new electric bicycle and uh, also walking his dog. So, Michael, you're very welcome to the show. I'll give people a little bit of a taste about you there, but uh, you're very welcome today. Yeah, thank you, Simon, for for having me on uh, Vista Talks. Um, it's an, it's a pleasure, and yeah, as you mentioned, there's a lot of great things to discuss, uh, especially with uh, women in localization, uh, working as a volunteer mentor um, there as well. So um, as well as the X Cultural Show, sponsored and, and powered by Vista Tech, of course. For sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I think you know, for starters, at Vista Tech, we've had we have some of the best women leadership in the industry in combination with the digital first world opening uh, me up to the global community. A lot of these things kind of with like local lunch and think global forum and global sake um, really energized, I think the learning and creativity, at least within myself. Um, so a lot of people ask like, you know, what kind of, how did you end up, you know, with um, uh, in, you know, women and localization. Um, I've actually been a member of women and localization for quite some time. Um, and then I think back in, I think it was March of this year, if memory serves, there was, there was that uh, choose to challenge campaign um, that kind of really kind of opened my eyes a lot. And, uh, you know, I try to take great pride in trying to be a self learner and um, go out there and, and kind of read as much as possible. And um, as I started to kind of you know, look into the Choose to Challenge campaign and understand um, the gender equalities kind of going on out there, uh, especially the gap widening uh, during the pandemic. Um, it really kind of opened my eyes. So, uh, you know, it just made me think, hey, I've got to do something here um, rather than uh, just kind of, you know, lip service. Um, I think it's you want to you want to go out there and uh, do something about it. And I just think that uh, there's too many people uh, not taking enough action. So, um, you know, at that point, that's that's kind of where my interest started. And then I um, learned a lot during those uh, coaching sessions. There was these great coaching sessions with um, Andrew Lawless, uh, actually uh, hosted and, and uh, the program, the mentor mentee program at Women in Loke is um, hosted by Carla Vargas, who's now of WhatsApp. Um, and, um, you know, plus as a mentor and global business practitioner, I gained, gained a lot of you know, experience from that, not only, you know, what I go through with my mentee, but, um, you know, also just those coaching ses sessions, as I mentioned. So uh, hopefully that kind of tells you a little bit more about, you know, kind of how I came about um, working as, as a mentor or a volunteer mentor. And then now I'm trying to do even more uh, with some ex-cultural episodes and, and other things along those lines. Well, thanks, Michael. So, I mean, it's interesting to, to see how you got involved with that, how long you've been involved for it, and uh, also some of the people that you mentioned there that you, you interacted with. But what, it, what when you, if you were explaining to somebody about what the program actually does and what you do now you're in the program, how would you describe that? Um, yeah, I think that uh, the program um, really to me is, is about, you know, connecting different individuals uh, from the industry, 
uh, together. Um, some folks like myself, uh, I'm now a, a vet of the localization globalization industry, um, you know, coupling us up with um, others out there that uh, are oftentimes maybe just getting their start in um, localization and globalization and um, being able to talk to those women uh, who, you know, most of the time are are future leaders or leaders themselves already um, in, in different ways. So, uh, you know, really the program is about getting together with them and then making it about what they need most, you know, from um, extracting what they need from from the localization industry and, and knowledge, whether it be on the sales side, marketing side. Um, in some cases, it's more operational. Um, so I've had experiences on both sides of the equation a little bit. Um, so I think that there's, you know, hopefully some good information and good insights that I can uh, provide them and, you know, to tell them a little bit more about my journey, um, but learn more about theirs and what challenges that they might have and, and what we can do to kind of overcome those challenges. And I've just noticed this, like almost a confidence, uh, kind of consistent confidence issue um, with a lot of, you know, mentees. Uh, and I think that's hopefully something that I'm able to help them with along the way so that they can, you know, obviously they're most of them are very talented individuals who can kind of take it from there. That's great. Thanks for explaining that, Michael. So we talked a little bit about your involvement there with the Women in Localization organization, which we know at this stage it's global. It seems to expand every week. But we also mentioned at the very top, you're also the host of something uh, quite unique called X-Cultural. And some people listening or watching this may be familiar with it, but I think it'd be helpful if you could explain maybe to the audience what X-Cultural is, what the thinking is behind it, and maybe, because you've had some very interesting guests and companies involved so far, maybe if you could tell us a little bit about what X-Cultural is from your perspective as the, the host of that show, and also who you've had on so far and what were the kind of topics? Yeah, absolutely, um, Simon. Uh, yeah, so X-Cultural uh, technically is the intersection between passion, culture, and global communications to inspire ideas, connectivity, and global-mindedness. Um, and where I, where I think this kind of came from and how it was uh, kind of created, it was it, with the thought process was it would allow a lot of more interconnectivity between different areas of global business um, and some areas of of just you know being human um, and and kind of bridging different cultures together and then having um, collaborative discussions about you know where to go in the future. So um, lately, or not lately, but most of the episodes have been focused on topics that uh, I'm currently passionate about or or myself I want to learn more about. Um, so, you know, we've had guests, um, the last episode was actually with, uh, Jean, um, a riot who was, uh, previous of, uh, previously part of Accenture, um, and was actually, um, leading a lot of the consulting for sustainability at Accenture and worked with a lot of, uh, multinational organizations in, um, in consulting them on best business practices when it came to sustainability and kind of how, um, individuals within those organizations can kind of take it uh, to the next level and and kind of, you know, defining some of the sustainability culture kind of terminology and whatnot that's out there in the universe and um, talking about those brands that are really embracing the sustainability movement, um, you know, out there in global business. So that was the previous episode, episode three, 
Um, previous to that, you know, I've, I, I had um, Edi Sahai um, on, uh, who actually is of, of Chegg, um, but at the time was a part of Procore. And, you know, it was a great episode because it was focused on pop culture and, um, you know, kind of how that uh, interacts or uh, is integrated into everything from international marketing to, you know, just kind of day to day and also just hearing kind of stories about, um, you know, where folks kind of, especially in Edie's case, like, you know, she grew up in India uh, and, and then was able to um, kind of learn a lot from kind of pop culture and that and whatnot uh, about the global world. And so, um, so yeah, I think that that's uh, those types of episodes and kind of finding those um, places to connect and have those overlaps, you know, that's really what uh, X Cultural, I think, is all about. And then and now I'm working on a, a larger initiative that is focused um, more on global leadership and um, a lot of the gaps and issues there and, and fostering kind of an environment for um, the future kind of global leaders out there. Um, something that I'm pretty passionate about um, as well. And then doing uh, a little little bit different of a format than usual where we're doing these mini videos um, that will be with different guests, features from all over the world. Um, and then those will obviously be videos uh, from those locations and then myself in Chicago. So really excited to, to roll those out um, over the course of the next few months, which will then eventually be this crescendo to um, a guest, uh, a very special guest, hopefully, um, that uh, will happen sometime in April or May of, of 2022. So that, that, that sounds a very... Uh very sort of connected by the human element, I think. But you, you mentioned there pop culture, and then you've got sustainability, and now this, you've got this new series all about leadership. So you're really connecting the dots here. And as you say, they're sort of topics that maybe you're, you're passionate about yourself, you want to learn more of yourself, but you're, you're bringing in some big names and some real expertise to sort of bring that conversation on, aren't you? So yeah, like I think... I think... Hopefully we're just beginning. Um, so, you know, and I think that's that's the fun part and the exciting part heading into 2022. Um, I think for everybody, it's been a tumultuous kind of past couple of years with the pandemic. Um, so uh, and for myself as well, I mean, you know, I think, um, you know, it's taught me so much. I, I can't even I couldn't even tell you where to begin. Um, but uh, yeah, just things like, you know, other subjects that I'm really planning on delving deeper into is, you know, inclusivity and um, also just kind of like neurodiversity and um, also uh, corporations and organizations and their corporate cultures and them embracing, um, you know, all different types of personalities within an organization, you know, which really creates in my, from my perspective, the best kind of, uh, you know, the best types of corporate cultures and organizations. So um, I look forward to kind of delving deeper into those things and having some great guests uh, about those subjects as well. Yeah, it sounds great. So if anybody listening hasn't yet tuned in to X Cultural, we'd certainly encourage you to do that. Uh, Michael hosts the X Cultural show, as you, you've heard, some very interesting and uh, different topics coming up there. So uh, it sounds like you've got a great plan for 2022 as well, Michael. So continued success with that. Um, something we, we haven't mentioned yet, but I, I wanted to, to sort of bring it up if I can, because I know very recently... Um, you were involved in a European Stroke USA Think Global Forum event. Mm -hmm. And I know you've been uh, instrumental in the Think Global Forum in the past, and you've attended various events, uh, both the US and, and European side of things. But this event recently was actually quite uh, 
quite special. I know you in particular shared some comments about the 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 format, the type of people that you had engaged there, and also this topic about UX and world UX and how that fits into this language linguistic uh, sort of industry backdrop. So maybe yeah. you could share a little bit about the Think Global Forum, some of your thoughts on maybe the recent event. Yeah, yeah. Um, the event was, first of all, it was, it was a, an amazing event. Uh, number one, it was great for so many different reasons, but being able to kind of collaborate and work together with my colleagues in Europe, you know, I think is 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 great in itself. Um, also, my, my colleague, uh, one of my colleagues here in the U.S., Domi, um, but Maria and uh, Aoife and Teresa were also a part of it as well. Um, not to mention your, yourself as, as a founder and, and, and the marketing team. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a fantastic event uh, for so many different reasons. Um, and and I, what I love about the Think Global Forum event in particular is it kind of takes a life of its own. Um, you, know, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I, you don't have to do a lot of talking. Um, being you know, myself, I talk too much most of the time. So um, I think it's really refreshing to, to be a part of something like that because it gives uh, folks like myself an opportunity to just kind of sit back and listen to uh, peers within the industry um, and also these, these folks that are in leadership positions within their um, you know, global brands and them coming together to talk about you know, the cha- challenges and obstacles that they have uh, specifically in this case about user experience and and um, and I thought it was really great and interesting too because you know it it really kind of showed that that the emphasis on this international user experience and per, and the personalization of that uh, making it so that it's you know culturally adaptive and making sure that it's you know accessible and um, and and going through kind of best business practices and different tools that they're using. Uh, I thought really was um, insightful and, and opened my eyes to a lot of uh, a lot of things. Just knowing that this is not uh, this is a very common challenge for a lot of organizations, and they're trying to kind of incorporate localization into that process. And some of the uh, UX folks uh, have not had that experience yet. So I thought this was a great way to kind of um, to kind of bridge that together because there is that situation where a lot of times. Um, you know, there's still organizations not doing kind of this continuous localization process. Instead, they're they're still kind of going with the old school waterfall approach, which um, I think that with UX, it's really hard to kind of do do it that way, especially if you want to you know differentiate and distinguish your brand. So I think that that was what was great to hear. Um, every brand kind of does stuff a little bit differently, but like I said, there's a lot of commonalities and a lot of shared knowledge there. So that coupled with the fact that Think Global Forum now has um, you know the great uh you know the great uh what do you call it the the it's kind of like the board where we can actually kind of continue the conversation um i think is is really really great because then you know some some production kind of comes from these these events and from these sessions no you're right michael and that i think when we were doing them in person um for those people listening that may not be familiar or may not have attended the think global forum event it's kind of like a conference that then turns into a boardroom session, isn't it? Is, is kind of what yeah. you're describing there. And we bring together all these sort of great uh, people from all these interesting brands around the world. And they get to discuss those kind of challenges and opportunities within their own industry and also from across industry. And I, I particularly like the one that you, you were involved in very recently because it was kind of the, 
sort of USA, Europe coming together and everybody addressing challenges. And as you you mentioned the term um, earlier in terms of the year that we've we've been through has been uh, quite challenging, maybe. And uh, yeah. to, it was very interesting to, to hear how people have changed, adapted, had to pivot their business, etc. Uh, so no, that's, that's great. And, and that's a, and, and Simon, I agree. You know, one of the great things I saw there too is, you know, and, and this is from a, a little bit of a selfish place, you know, being in localization, but, but really it's, it's finally turning into what, you know, I think a lot of us thought this industry would be, um, you know, in terms of kind of how it can cross over into the other areas of the business, um, you know, as well. So I, I think that that's been, just wonderful and then plus the people aren't kind of taking the cheap and easy route instead they're kind of thinking long term and they're thinking about their end users and focused on that customer you know user experience so yeah it was a fantastic I, I, I time couldn't agree more michael i think you've hit the nail on the head it, you know that journey that's been a long time coming to move potentially that that industry from cost center to strategic driver um i think it's really been sort of copper fastened over the last couple of years due to a global incident. Uh, but I think it's, it's probably more important now than it's ever been, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think those events, even the digital, the fact that the events themselves are now digital um, and more accessible is, I think, fantastic. Again, it kind of goes back to kind of the first kind of question about the women in Loc, um, but there's these great, you know, groups out there with the global community, uh, like Think Global Forum and Loc Lunch, um, and, you know, women in Loke, as we've talked about, even um, Global Saki, those types of events really have uh, really pushed the envelope, I think, for, you know, um, everyone to step it up and hopefully disrupt the industry even more to, to um, you know, get involved in other areas of, of, of the business. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Great. Um, so let's let's maybe take a, a sidestep a minute because that that's all fascinating stuff and you're involved in an awful lot. But I wanted to maybe just maybe take a sidestep with a question here and ask you a little bit about the localization industry and what you like about it. Why are you involved in it? Where does your passion come from, Michael? Because you're into so many different areas. I'd just like to understand a little bit about what makes Michael tick and why do you like the and you know the localization industry as much as you do uh yeah that, it's a great question um and and fortunately i've had a lot of uh, time you know kind of in between everything the past couple of years to really kind of think about why i'm in this industry and i think um you know when i when i got started in this industry uh and i've been in this industry now believe it or not i think it's about 14 years or something like that um i came from the financial industry and when I started with localization, I started with it because I was interested in global business, because I was interested in cultures. I'd never really thought of it in terms of language like a lot of folks do. Um, so that's where it's a little bit different. I, right from the start, I, I didn't even like to say, you know, that I sold translation services, um, even though that's all we did back then. Um, and it's become so much more than that, you know, over, over the past 14 years, especially. And so, and then having those experiences of working um, with LSPs or working in leadership roles um, within LSPs in Asia and now uh, one headquartered in Europe. Uh, obviously, we're, we're everywhere, but um, you get my point with that. But yeah, my biggest thing was is I had to kind of dig deep about what 
drives me with this industry? What what am I passionate about with this industry? What do I love about this industry? And I, I for some reason, was going back in time. I was thinking about this recently. And I was thinking for some reason about, you know, when I was a kid and you had AOL and, you know, you would, uh, you know, you would, you would, um, I remember the first time with the internet, you know, with the, the great dial up tone. Um, and then suddenly you were able to, it opened up this world where you could talk to people globally. And I was, a, I was a kid and um, just thinking how amazing it was that I could talk to somebody in Australia or Japan or Indonesia or wherever. And, um, and that really where I think um, it start, started from for me anyways. And I was always very curious. Uh, and I think that's a lot of folks within the localization industry have this curiosity to them. Um, that's why they want to learn about different cultures and why they're into all these different things. And so, you know, for me, that's really what gets me up in the morning, you know, is the, the global community, um, the fact that each day can be completely different. Um, you know, I have days where I'm meeting new people from all angles of the world and from different types of uh, industries. And so that's that's part of it. And then um, I think, too, it's just the, the idea of being able to, you know, help um, mold the brands, the global brands, and, and be a little bit of that, you know, kind of thread in their in their kind of global tapestry. So um, hopefully that kind of sums up a little bit of where my passion comes from with the business itself. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there's so much I could kind of dive into there with localization in general. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it, coming from sort of the financial industry into localization. Uh, but, it, it, you know, in terms of your, you've dated yourself, by the way, because you talked about dial-up internet. So <laughs> back in the AOL. Yeah, 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 I know. At this but, point, I don't, I don't care anymore how old yeah, I'm dating yeah. myself, right? <laughs> But it, but it's true, right? It, it sort of opened up the world, didn't it? And it, people, you know, the world, as they say, is we're more connected now than ever, and you're getting the right message across at the right time uh, to make sure it's understood is really down to the art of it. And, uh, and that's the best part about the pandemic. If you could yeah. find a, a silver lining there, is that I think we're finally doing what I always thought we would do. You know, um, you know, whereas rather than you know, I just think about even just the women in low stuff. And how many different events in different locations that I've attended or had an opportunity to attend that if the pandemic wasn't going on, I wouldn't have probably attended. So that kind of thing has kind of, you know, opened my eyes up to even more possibilities for the future. No, that's that's great. And it actually leads nicely into something else I wanted to ask you, because um, as as we continue to go through this pandemic and, you know, various variants around the world and lockdowns and reopens and partial lockdowns and it seems to ebb and flow depending depending on which part of the world or which city you're in um but have you have has it impacted the work that you do michael when you take a step back and look at the last period of time or are the companies that you work with busier than ever like what what would be your view on how it's impacted things i know some industries like travel and you know hospitality maybe were certainly impacted a lot worse than other industries like technology but from your own perspective, you know, has it just increased the business that you're doing or has it been a real challenge for some areas? I mean, I think it's I think it's both. I think, it, you know, it, it has its challenges um, because everything is so much more digital. And the fact that you can't kind of jump on an airplane and and meet someone face to face to talk business with them, you have to really find ways to uh, develop rapport and have genuine relationships with them. 
um, in a digital format. So it's it's kind of, you know, it has its sets of challenges. Some individuals, you know, have had their ups and downs through the pandemic as well. So they can decide very easily whether they want to engage in conversation or whether they have room in their in their uh, universe, you know, for for um, more folks uh, in him, in it to, to talk about those types of things. So that's part of the challenges, what I'd say are more like a, a kind of a sales challenge, but I think it's just different. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a negative thing. Um, and I think then part of it too is, is that, yes, I think because of the fact that everything, there's this digital first uh, push that's been going on for quite some time, um, I think that it's it's really made things just very rapid. So I think everybody is just moving, um, you know, very fast, um, trying to find kind of the best ways to uh, to make a unique kind of international experience for their for their end users. And you know, language is one of those things that if it's done properly, can really distinguish your brand. And I truly believe that. So you know, there's there's that, and then there's also you know um, the fact that. What I've really liked is you get to get a little bit more deeper into the weeds with what they're kind of going through um, as well and learn about their challenges and then and then figure out together, you know, how to solve those problems and then and move on from there. So, yeah, I just think that's just going to continue to to snowball. I don't think that um, that's going away anytime, anytime soon. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked a little bit uh, offline before about just technology and where it's kind of going and you know, um, I think brands of the future, you know, will be molded by their end users. And so as that kind of happens, you need that kind of feedback loop, um, you know, on things like localization and, and kind of how you're culturizing uh, basically your, your kind of product or service. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for sharing those, those insights. Um, so, so I suppose just as we come to sort of the end of our time here, I have a couple more questions I want to, to, to add in if I can. Sure. Uh, one is about just from your own personal perspective, you know, do you have different approaches uh, and differences when you consider, say, working with an organization that has this high level of localization maturity uh, versus sort of these companies that are fast moving, going global? Uh, type of company where sometimes they may have very little uh, way in the way of localization maturity or even say like a unicorn or you know a company like that that's expanding uh, pretty quick into international markets like do you have different ways that you approach those kind of scenarios yeah yeah absolutely I mean um, I think you know with all the unicorns uh, being born um, you know over the past especially couple years and all the new IPOs uh, and this you know, huge, fast movement within all industries. I mean, even the travel industry that was hampered is is moving fast again. Um, so there's all those um, industries in each situation, you kind of have to approach it, uh, you know, very much in a custom way. I mean, to what their, what their situation is, what the client's needs are. Um, and most of the time when it's a unicorn, it's a very fast paced environment. And so you kind of have to be prepared, you know, for the fact that, um, those organizations, you know, are maybe a little less local, localization mature. And so you, they might need a little bit more handholding, but at the same time, it doesn't change kind of their expectations. You know, they still have high expectations. They still need these things done yesterday. Um, and so it's really kind of, you know, this push pull, 
with those types of organizations and just trying to kind of, um, you know, not so much educate as, as I would say more align with exactly, you know, what, what their kind of needs and requirements are um, for their situation. And then just kind of talking to them about actual stories of situations of similar folks in their roles or similar organizations and what they've had to kind of go through. Yeah, and I suppose if you look back, I mean, VistaTech celebrates 25 years next year uh, at the time of recording this. And, um, you know, 25 years is a bit of a milestone. So I'm sure you've got a lot of examples you can pull from uh, in in terms of that history. But what you mentioned technology, and I wanted to just come back to that that you mentioned a few moments ago. What impact do you think that technology will continue to play within the localization industry? Because every conference you kind of go to, there's always a track on MT or, you know, an AI kind of gets a look, you know, machine learning, et cetera. But from your perspective, you know, somebody that's dealing with a lot of these high tech companies or these fast moving companies, what impact do you see technology continuing to have or do you see having on the localization industry as a whole? Yeah, I just think it provides, you know, an environment of sky's the limit. But at the same time, it's... um it's people buy from people. So I think you still, technology is like the, you know, it, it really threads everything to kind of together. It doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't take away what kind of needs to be accomplished. I think that now I think there's are so many great tools out there that you can piecemeal uh, localization programs or global content uh, programs together uh, using technology to automate a lot of kind of, you know, the mundane kind of annoying tasks. Um, so I think there's there's that that comes with it. And then I think that there's a lot of ways to use technology to optimize that process, hopefully reduce kind of um, internal soft costs and things of that nature. But, you know, that's where I kind of see it. And then I think too now with all of this going on with meta and more immersive kind of environments, I think those types of collaborations uh, to to get the output or the desired output um, is is going to increase even more. So I think that you're going to see, you know, that happening more and more, which I love because then that makes localization less of a commodity and people understand that there are stark differences between organizations and what they can provide them. And, and it really does start with, you know, who they are as a company, what their corporate culture are, cult, the culture is, what they're kind of willing to do to adapt. And, you know, even just being technologically neutral, I think is a huge asset uh, for, you know, organizations like VistaTech because of the fact that we have all those experiences. So without selling, sounding like it's some kind of sales pitch, I, I just, you know, truly believe that. So I think that's, um, you know, that's where I see technology kind of going, I guess. Um, but yeah, as far as MT, uh, AI, you know, um, all those types of things, you know, NLP, everybody talks about these things quite a bit. Um, and I think that those things are great. I think that those conversations sometimes get a little bit, uh, stale, um, because I still think that there's, that there's this whole other level that goes kind of beyond that, that, um, that I think we're just kind of scraping the surface on. Yeah, no, I, I I tend to agree, Michael. You mentioned the metaverse, which is uh, sort of the the hot the hot topic of the moment. And uh, yeah, when you think about the some to some degree this infinite world of the metaverse and the language and communication and cultural nuances that are involved in connecting 
humans living on a planet floating through space um and all of a sudden they're in this virtual world that's a whole other side of business isn't it that people are beginning to dive into and uh, i think you're right that sort of technical um agnostic approach to being able to pull the various tools together that you mentioned uh, to come up with a solution for a company it's it's quite interesting but it sounds like to to sort of come back to what you were sort of saying there at the end it's it feels as though it's a very exciting time but it's also the beginning of a of a new chapter yeah. a new journey We're I call it a I call service. it you're totally right. I, I I was thinking about this actually last night. I was thinking it's it kind of feels like a golden age to me for like a lo- for localization. I really do think that we're headed there, at least in business and and kind of where we go, you know, Internet, whatever, 2.0, 3.0, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I, I definitely see that happening. So that's the exciting part to be a, just to be a part of that, you know, um, every single day. Well, that's a that's a great point as we come sort of towards the end of our time here. But before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to mention for our audience, or is there any other sort of uh, bits of information you, you you could share with us today? Uh, no, you know, I I was just thinking, you know, about um, having some conversations with some folks out there uh, in the global community, and you know, um, I just wanted to kind of give thanks and a shout out to to you and to to Vistatech and. Um, Vista Talks and um, you know World Global uh, Think Global Forum, etc. Because of the fact that you know, I think that organizationally, uh, one thing I love about Vista Talk is that is that we let our people be ourselves, and I think that really is a big part of of what makes a great organization, especially one that uh, that will have a long future. So I'm I'm very excited about what Vista Talk is going to be doing in in the coming years. So thank you. Well, Michael, thanks for sharing that. And listen, continued success in everything that you're doing. It sounds like you've got a heck of a year lined up ahead of you. Uh, You're involved in so many different aspects and you're right there at the cutting edge of the industry. So continued success with everything you do, Michael. And thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Simon. Cheers. Well, look, that's the end of our show today with uh, Michael J. Asquith. Uh, Thanks very much to Michael for joining us. Please make sure to tune in again to see and or listen to the next Vista Talks episode where once again we'll be discussing some more interesting topics with interesting people from all around the world. Thank you, Mike. Thank you.